This is Jim Cowan from the Collaborative for Student Success, and this is the Route K-12 Exploring Education Recovery Podcast. Each week, we travel the country on a kind of road trip to talk about the ways federal recovery dollars are being used in states to reshape education. Along the way, we'll hold up the best examples with the hope that those practices are repeated in other schools. Today is the second part of my conversation with North Dakota State School Superintendent Kirsten Basler, who also serves as president of the Council of Chief State School Officers. We pick up on the work happening to provide training for school board members for the job, an issue close to Kirsten since she spent nine years as a local school board member herself. Kirsten, this focus on school board members is important, not just in North Dakota, but across the country. How's it being received by your colleagues? So I, I am actually, I'm so thrilled to see the response. I had first kind of pitched the idea to a small group of my peers in late September, early October. Um, there were about a half a dozen to a dozen of them. And all of them were like, wow, this is really timely. I'm working on the same sort of thing. Tell me how to do that. I was fortunate enough, CCSSO, that is my actual presidential platform, is serving students through effective governance. So students is at the core of what my platform is and through student service. So later this month, we will have several of the states will be convening just before the Education of the Commission of the States uh, annual meeting in, uh, in December starts. And we will be going through a mini workshop that will replicate what our school boards go through. And at the end of that mini workshop, um, the people that have helped me customize this for North Dakota will be there providing information how they too can customize it for West Virginia, Ohio, Missouri, Alabama, Vermont. And so we have we have plain states, we have southern states, we have eastern states and western states that are saying we need to know more about this and we want to learn how we can customize it. So it's being well received because, Jim, when you think about it, 90% of the COVID dollars that were provided to every state were delivered out to local school boards to make decisions about. In my state, 90% of the state general fund is delivered out to our local school districts to make decisions about. So when we have 90% of billions and billions of dollars being delivered to leaders to make funding decisions about, we owe it to them to provide the support. SEAs owe it to them to, to provide the support and the, the training and development that they need to make those good decisions and to be empowered to start doing things that make a difference and stop doing things that aren't making a difference on student outcomes. It does feel like if you're an education leader, this would be a great thing to have because it's, it's something that's endorsed by your peers, by other states, and it's, it's an action you can take without having like 20 disparate things that are, that you're, where you're trying to help boards throughout your, yeah. your yeah. state. And you think it, when you talk about diffusing that and disparate, we just dilute so many of right. our initiatives because there's so much. When you stay laser focused on student outcomes, when a board stays laser focused, and let's, right now we're talking about local school boards, but We'll even talk about state boards of education. When they're trying to do so many things, they are diluting the efforts yeah. that can really make a difference. And when you, we'll talk, you know, I've just, this example was shared, AJ Crable, who is my partner on this. And he actually brought this from, from Missouri to Texas and then 
Texas is what we use to customize ours. And he talked about there was, as they are coding board meetings, there was a board that was spent over three and a half hours discussing the color of school board buses. Like what is the best color as it relates to safety, maintenance, all of those other things. And so what do you think that superintendent and his executive team spent the next two weeks focusing on? How much does it cost? How much will it cost to replace our feet? What's the best color? And then the next meeting, two and a half hours of board reports on the color of school buses. Now that may seem silly, but that actually happens across every state in this nation. Instead of asking, can you tell us about what effective strategies there are for third, improving our third grade reading proficiency? So, and, and can I ask just a, a silly question too? Is there any other color than yellow for a school bus? I, I don't oh. think I've ever seen one in my life that's not yellow. Well, I will get you in touch with the superintendent right. that painstakingly had to research. That was just that a given. Show yep. me another. Okay. Any, anyway, that's yep. the. Yep. Like, what are we arguing about this for? They're yellow. Done. <laughs> They're just yellow. <laughs> you you started to talk earlier about your platform, and that was what I wanted to go into. Now you're just coming into CCSSO. It's a fantastic role for you. I'm excited to see you um, start this position. What did you tell people last week when you when you started? So I began and ended with Theodore Roosevelt is a, a revered adopted son of North Dakota. He came to the Dakota Territory to hunt buffalo and he stayed for a number of months and years, came back two different stints, bought two ranches and actually has said that had it not been his time for his time that he spent in Dakota Territory, he would never become president. But in 1903, so over a century ago, he on Labor Day, he coined the phrase or he part of a speech, he said, there's no greater prize in life than working hard at work worth doing. And that's what I laid out for the, the chiefs was that the, the you know, state chief school officers was that this is hard work, but there is no better work that we can be doing. Our students are relying on us. Our families are relying on us. Our nation is relying on us as state chiefs. We must be laser focused on students, um, student outcomes. There's a lot of distraction that we could, there's a lot of things that could distract us from our mission of education, but together, we can do this. And the best way for us to begin is to begin focusing on our behaviors, our adult behaviors, that we must ask ourselves the question, every decision that is made, how are the children doing? And how will this decision make it better for our students as they, and you know, there's, our students need to be loved, yes, but they can be loved all they want. And if they don't know how to read, or do computational math. When they leave us, all the love in the world isn't gonna get them through life. So they need both. And so we focused on that and I just, I I hope I was inspiring and said that this is hard work, but it's worth doing. And together through the organizations, by coming together and and finding, I mean, the, the edu recovery, finding out what we're doing, we can spend this next year learning from each other sharing best practices with each other. And that's what we did a lot of in Austin. And we committed, said, I set us out on a course to say, there's this belief out there that states aren't spending their money on good things with these COVID relief dollars, that local school districts aren't doing, aren't spending their money. There's, it couldn't be further from the truth. 
So let's band together. Let's share those great stories. Let's share those best practices and let's support each other as we have to make tough decisions about stopping the things that aren't working and being courageous to start the things that are working, whether it's happening in Wyoming or it's happening in Florida or in North Dakota or in California. Be courageous together and we can do this. We yeah. need to do this. I'm really ha- happy to hear you say that. And in, in, in that way too, we at the collaborative have been like the rest of the education field and like the rest of the country, it's been news cycle after news cycle about the bad news, right? We've heard ACT scores down, long-term trend data from NAEP down, NAEP scores abysmal. I don't think anyone was really expecting to hear good news out of it. And I don't think anyone should really be trying to spin that into good news either. But we're also hoping to hear states acknowledge the problem, talk about what are your bold investments that you're doing to deal with it and getting on with it and be willing to share information and practices across the board. And that, that's, that's where we're feeling. So to hear you state it that way, it gives me a lot of hope. Because, you know, you know, to be honest, when the NAEP scores came out, we were a little disappointed. Like some states didn't come out and say, like, it was bad, and here's what we're trying to do about it, uh, particularly around math and around English. What are states doing? Are there any thoughts you have kind of like right off the bat on how you want to encourage cross-state sharing that you're talking about? That's what we spent a great deal of time um, at our annual policy forum in Austin. We will be convening again, a group of us will be convening again before Education Commission of the States, as I said, to learn about effective governance and how we can help our school districts do that. We will convene in February. But even more than that, we meet monthly as a group of state chiefs to share ideas, to talk about issues. We need to continue to do that. I appreciate the words that you've used um, just as you were as you were just asking me that question, you said, let's get on with it. I used very similar words as I closed out my, my address as my first address as the president. I said, let's get to it. Let's <laughs> let's get to it. And it is hard, but we were laser focused. And I think CCSSO and Education Commission of the States and, and convenings, you know, that our partners, the Hunt Institute, I could go on and on. They're being very intentional about convening chiefs to share those ideas for the very specific purpose and not just ideas, but actual programs. Like tell me the language of that program that you set up. What were your guardrails? Can I see your application for that? Talking in visionary ideas, but really practical application implementation efforts. And so it's going to be important that we convene virtually and in person to share those things. Um, We are laser focused on math and reading because that is what we measure, right? There is a lot of conversation about social, emotional health issues. Those are inputs that we must address to create student outcomes. And if we can start to have those conversations about inputs that lead to outputs, but are all focused on outcomes for students, student academic outcomes. Of course, there is the the recruitment and retention of teachers. How do we do that? when we, without diluting the quality of the people that we're putting in front of our students every day? How do we grow your own? So there's lots of conversation about academic programs, the inputs of high quality instructional materials, culturally relevant efforts, teacher recruitment and retention, but still putting that in 
the perspective of, yes, those are all things that we must invest in, but we have to monitor them and make sure that they are resulting in better student outcomes. Because if they're not, then it's all for nothing. There was a lot of conversation about pay for performance, um, not for teacher pay for performance, but vendor contracts with professional development and or curriculum materials or intervention strategies. So how do we help our partners be more accountable? If there's a lot of money out there, a lot of money being spent. So how do we better equip our SEAs and our LEAs with results-based contracts to these partners that are helping them coming into their schools, training their teachers or providing instructional materials? And giving them the air cover that they need to say no, right? Yeah. You know, yep. That's an important. It, what you do is uh, as, as important as what you stop doing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your time. We are very excited to see what happens over the next months and years as you continue on in, in this in this work. So good luck. Thank and you. thank you for everything that, that you're doing. Thank you to you and your group for your partnership. Uh, we've talked about that before. States can't do this alone. So I'll just leave with you with that. We can't do this alone. To come together, as the, the old saying of, it's going to take a village to raise a child. It will take this entire nation to help our children recoup the lost learning time and grow up to be the productive citizens that they want to be and deserve to be. Kirsten Basler the state superintendent for the great state of North Dakota. Thank you. Thank you. This is Jim Cowan from the Collaborative for Student Success. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Route K-12, Exploring Education Recovery, where each week we showcase ways federal recovery funds are reshaping schools by talking to the people doing the hard work to educate America's kids. Reach out to us at edgyrecoveryhub.org slash routek12 or follow us on Twitter at our handle at Student Success.